It is a great tragedy when a radically forward-thinking mind is either misunderstood or wholly underappreciated in its time. Francois Poulain de la Barre was a philosopher who was completely ahead of any of his contemporaries on the topic of gender equality. However, he was a desperately obscure philosopher. When the 20th century French psychologist Henri Pierron by chance found a copy of Poulain's work in the French National Library, the pages were still uncut, meaning no one before him had read the book. From the year 1673 to 1675, in a flurry of literary activity, Poulain wrote three main texts on gender equality. Firstly, in 1673, he published On the Equality of the Two Sexes, in which he argues that men and women's intellectual abilities are equal, and that the unequal treatment of women has disenfranchised them from contributing to society. The second text, entitled On the Education of Ladies, published in 1674, comes in the form of a philosophical dialogue between a group of French intellectuals discussing the status of women. Lastly, in 1665, he published On the Excellence of Men, where he satirically dissected arguments for male supremacy. In these three works, Poulain provides an unapologetic argument for women's full participation in society, that they be given the same rights and access to the same opportunities that were afforded to their male counterparts. Besides the few biographical details he left nestled in his writings, we know very little about Poulain. What we do know is that he was born in July of 1647 into a wealthy family, which enabled him to attain a traditional education in a scholastic curriculum. He graduated with a Master of Arts in 1663, and three years later he studied theology and was ordained a Catholic priest. He presided over two small parishes in northern France. However, Poulain was not particularly happy with his educational experience. He would later explain that his education merely prepared him to speak esoterically in Latin about subjects he did not fully understand or comprehend. Despite diligently studying since the age of nine until he was 20, Poulain believed he had made little, if any, intellectual progress through formal education. However, Poulain's intellectual curiosity was revitalized when a friend invited him to a conference on Cartesian physiology. This conference changed the course of Poulain's intellectual pursuits by introducing him to the philosophy of René Descartes, which would come to form the core of his philosophical method. Cartesianism is a system of philosophy and science based upon the writings of René Descartes, Descartes believed that philosophers relied too heavily upon the authority of previous thinkers. In particular, the theories of classical philosophers such as Aristotle, who were a huge part of the scholastic curriculum Poulain studied. Descartes believed that the best way forward was to start the search for truth with a mind akin to a blank slate, with no preconceived notions or prejudices. For Descartes, true knowledge must be above doubt, and only two methods of inquiry were immune to doubt, intuition and deduction. Descartes' highly rationalistic philosophy avoided sensory evidence as a source of knowledge. To illustrate why we should be sceptical of sensory knowledge, Descartes describes a slightly odd scenario. He asks the reader to imagine an evil demon is tormenting us and has the ability to easily trick our senses. You may think you're listening to this podcast, but the demon could be deceiving you, and in fact you are not listening to anything at all. The slimmest chance that this illusion-loving demon might exist throws into question our senses. Since we cannot definitively prove that this demon does not exist, some doubt will always remain as to our senses' reliability. As a small aside, the idea of an evil force deceiving your senses was partly an inspiration for the movie of Matrix. Descartes did not literally believe there was a demon tricking us at every turn, the scenario was concocted by him to explain why doubting everything can in fact lead to knowledge. 
By applying such a radical skepticism, we are freed of preconceived notions and prejudices. According to Descartes, this method provides us with a direct and straightforward path to immutable truth. At a time when authors were constantly buttressing their arguments on the authority of religious texts and famous philosophers, Descartes' methodology was wholly alien and perplexing. Cartesianism had been banned by French universities and was suspected of being heretical to the Christian faith. But for people such as Poulain, abandoning one's personal experiences and biases in order to search for true knowledge was a liberating experience. Poulain applied Descartes' teachings on the topic of gender equality and realised that the vast majority of philosophers throughout history were deeply mistaken about women's abilities, nature and role in society. So what was Poulain up against? An immense prejudice towards women which had been cultivated over hundreds of years through legal and social oppression. One of the most shocking examples of Poulain's misogynistic contemporaries is Alexis Trousset's Alphabet of the Imperfection and Malice of Women. Trousset alphabetically ordered what he believes were feminine vices. In his preface, Trousset violently lashes out against women, calling them, and I quote, the most imperfect creature in the universe, the scum of nature, the breeding ground of evils, the source of controversy, the laughingstock of the insane, the scourge of wisdom, the rebrand of hell, the instigator of vice, the cesspool of filth, a monster in nature, a necessary evil. Trousset's book was reprinted throughout the 17th century, and even crossed the channel with an English translation. Sadly, a sign of its widespread popularity. The playwright Moliere, a contemporary of Poulain, wrote two renowned plays named The Pretentious Ladies and The Learned Ladies. Both of these plays berated the idea of educating women. Departing sharply from the conventional wisdom of his time, Poulain instead argued that men and women are equals. And, as equals, both ought to pursue any profession or position they choose without interference from the state or society's overbearing judgment. Supporters of inequality between the sexes based their claims of female subordination and inferiority on two main sources, authority and nature. Poulain proceeded to demolish both of these claims. Firstly, opponents of gender equality argued that all the greatest authorities believed in women's natural inferiority. Who are we to question the authority of the ancients, or even hallowed scripture? By quoting from famous sources, misogynists bolstered their arguments with a veneer of timeless wisdom. However, the greats before Poulain tended to have a very negative assessment of women. Selective quotations from scripture and ancient philosophers allowed opponents of equality to portray women as mentally feeble, overly emotional, and irrational beings who were best suited to diligently serving their husbands and bearing children. Poulain attacked this tradition by applying Descartes' skepticism. According to Poulain, authority is not a good argument for anything. Sound reasoning does not need to be tied to a famous figure or a respected institution. Instead, Poulain believed that almost all of us have enough reason and good sense to seek the truth. Many invoke scripture when arguing that women should be subordinate to men. But Poulain dismissed arguments based upon scripture. For Poulain, the Bible contains truths that human reason cannot grasp without divine assistance. By contrast, the question of equality between sexes is within reason's grasps. He explains, for whatever falls within the scope of reason should be known by reason. Therefore, for Poulain, it was completely unnecessary to invoke the Bible to decide what was essentially a secular matter, which can be answered by human reason without divine assistance. Poulain believed his contemporaries personified the past as a venerable old man who has great wisdom. However, the ancients were human just like us, and no less subject to error. Even an esteemed thinker such as Aristotle believed that the earth was the centre of the universe. 
yet Copernicus had proven that this was simply not the case. Our ancestors are not endowed with superior reason or knowledge simply because they came before us. Poulain's skepticism led him to state, I recognize no authority here apart from the authority of reason and sound judgment. Poulain even says that his beloved Descartes is not infallible or all-knowing. He is just human, like everyone else, and to err is human. There is no shame in being wrong because we can always correct ourselves. Secondly, misogynists argue that women were physically and mentally inferior by their intrinsic nature. They argued that if women were, in fact, equal, they would engage in scholarly debate, command armies, and hold political positions like their male counterparts. Many learned scholars argued, from the fact that something exists, it follows that it is possible. But because women didn't hold political office, therefore they were incapable of holding political office. This sounds like a bizarre argument today, but at the time it was taken as evidence that women were naturally inferior to men in both physical and intellectual ability. Many ignored the obvious legal and social barriers women faced and assumed that they simply could not engage in any activity which required rationality, an apparently male trait. But Poulain showed that women's inferiority was not in any way natural. He explained how women came to be forced into positions of subordination by speculating about the development of civilization. The first men, being physically stronger than women, became the warriors and protective of primitive societies, while women were limited to the tasks of child-rearing and homemaking. The first men, being physically stronger than women, became the warriors and protectors of primitive society, while women were limited to the tasks of child-rearing and homemaking. This social order was based upon male physical dominance, and was mistakenly preserved throughout the ages. This led to women's exclusion from the newer arts of science, literature, and politics which developed in tandem with civilization. According to Poulain's theory, women were excluded based on differences in physical strength. Poulain explained that this argument makes literally no sense in the modern world. He writes that sheer physical strength should not be used to distinguish between human beings. Otherwise, brute animals would be superior to humans, and among men, those who are more robust would be superior. Women's current status was not natural in any sense of the word. Instead, it was a result of chance, custom, and the demands of war. The gendered hierarchy of 17th century France was a product of generations of prohibitive practices and a lack of access to education and opportunities. Physicality is not what matters in the modern world, for Poulain. The brain is the most important part of the body. Reason is what separates us from the animals. Men and women's brains do not differ. He wrote that the most minute anatomical study reveals no difference here between men and women. A woman's brain is the exactly the same as ours. Poulain radically stated that the mind has no sex. Both men and women have the same intellectual potential. As long as they are allowed to freely apply themselves to their field of work, they would be equal. This idea is very obvious to us today. Of course men and women have similar minds. But why was this so hard for people to grasp in 17th century France? Poulain had a nuanced answer for us. Prejudice. What he dubbed the greatest enemy of truth. Prejudices commonly stem from our lack of reflective and careful thinking about a topic, leading Poulain to define prejudices as judgments that are made about things without examining them. Poulain believed that not only the tyranny of laws oppressed women, but also that of opinion, a social tyranny, which was a crucial factor in women's continued subjugation. He thought that we have a tendency to believe if some practice is well established, then it must be right. By seeing our current situation as the natural or only way of organizing our affairs, we enslave ourselves to the present state of affairs, regardless of its absurdity. 
Because of this, we find it difficult to imagine things could be right any other way, and it seems that we can never change them, however hard we try. Even those who are hurt by the status quo internalize it as truth, because they have been told this is the way things have to be so many times. Due to the tyranny of opinion, women become slaves both in the external world and their own internal minds, a miserable situation. The effects of prejudice are heightened when it benefits a particular party at the expense of another. Poulain believed that the status quo benefited some groups at the expense of others. He says that, If one examines the foundation of all these various beliefs about women, one finds that they are based on self-interest or custom. He believed that everything men comment about women was to be considered suspect, because they are once both judges and litigants. This quote would later be used as the epigraph to the famous feminist Simone de Beauvoir's The Second Sex. Poulain's egalitarian approach was not meant to be applied solely to the topic of gender equality. He chose to discuss the status of women because he believed it was the most deeply ingrained prejudice of his day. If this prejudice could be refuted, then a whole host of other misguided beliefs could be swept away. Prejudice not only affects women, it spreads to issues of class and race. Poulain cheekily asked, Why is it that the artisans, the farmhands and the merchants who contribute the greatest part to the state's expenses are held in less esteem than the nobles, who do nothing? Despite being essential to the well-being of society, Poulain noticed that peasants were treated as if they were dirt. No one is born good at anything. Education is what makes us better people. Poulain longed for a future where peasants could be doctors, scholars, or even lawyers. People may not be equal in ability, however they are all equal in their potential. Everyone possesses reason, however not all people have the same opportunities. Poverty and discrimination stop people from fully flourishing and contributing to society. Despite his comprehensive and radical philosophy, Poulain was not an influential figure in his lifetime, or immediately after his death. His treaties did not elicit much excitement. Besides being anonymously quoted later by English feminist writers, including the author of a treatise entitled Woman Not Inferior to Man, Poulain was relegated to pretty much obscurity. Poulain, possibly dissuaded by the deafening silence to his treaties, ceased writing on gender equality. No one ever replied to his revolutionary ideas, possibly because they were so radical for the time that no one thought he was actually serious. Becoming increasingly dissatisfied with scholastic philosophy, Poulain abandoned the Catholic faith and converted to Calvinism. Being both a Cartesian and a Calvinist in the majority Catholic France was a dangerous combination. Knowing this, Poulain moved to Geneva where he married and spent the rest of his life. He wrote some more works, including language books teaching French and a defense of the people's capacity to read Bibles for themselves. And then Poulain died at the age of 76, 1723. I do not wish to portray Poulain as a lone defender of equality. Writers such as Marie Ledgers de la Gournay had argued for women's equality around the same time as Poulain. However, none went as far as Poulain did in making a case for women's full inclusion in social, economic, and political aspects of life. The famous Roman Stoic Marcus Aurelius once said, Does an emerald lose its beauty for lack of admiration? Poulain's work might not have had a huge impact, but he is a model of an independent mind that strove for a more egalitarian society in which all people could apply themselves free from legal and social tyrannies. A testament to Poulain's forward thinking is that his philosophy is still relevant and applicable today. His critiques of male supremacy should be applied to all areas of unjustified authority. It can be all too easy to fall into the habit of accepting the world as it is rather than striving for something better. The best way to embody the spirit of Poulain is to follow his simple advice, 
Examine everything, make judgments about everything, reason about everything. Thanks a mil for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you may listen to podcasts. Visit the website www.libertarianism.org to find more podcasts like this one. I hope to see you next time.